Hello and welcome to this online conversation hosted by the European Centre for International Political Economy on the economic and broader societal value of intellectual property or IP for the EU and its member states. My name is Jackie Davis and today I'm very pleased to welcome Luisa Santos to this conversation. Luisa is Deputy Director General of Business Europe, which supported the work on a recent ESIP study entitled The Benefits of Intellectual Property Rights in EU Free Trade Agreements. Luisa, very warm welcome. Great to have you with us today. Hi, Jackie. Nice to be here. Luisa, can we just start with a very basic question? Why does this issue, why does intellectual property matter so much for the EU as a whole? Yes, also for its global trading position, but also for this broader question of European competitiveness. Well, it is uh, actually what uh, keeps us ahead of the curve. Uh, I mean, in Europe, we want to be leaders in the market. We want to be leaders in innovation. We also want to keep attracting investments also in high value added and innovative sectors. And for this to happen, we need strong uh, intellectual property provisions. And this is true for Europe, but is also true for the rest of the world. So it's very important also that our goods and services are recognized by what they are, by the creativity they incorporate, by the innovation uh, that they have in in their in themselves. So this is also important uh, that outside Europe, our products and our services are recognized. And for this, it is very important as well that our trading partners recognize the intellectual property rights. Do you, do you think this has become even more important in terms of global trade? Is this an issue uh, that that is rising in prominence and becoming more and more important for companies in Europe? Yes, it is, because, uh, of course, uh, we have very important challenges ahead of us. The digital transformation, uh, the green transformation. This is going to uh, create a lot of challenges for European companies, but also a lot of opportunities. So we need to ensure that these opportunities, namely outside the European market, are properly safeguarded. And one of the ways of safeguarding is, of course, to have uh, intellectual property rights properly safeguarded in our trade agreements. This is very key if we want really to open new opportunities for these products and these services. And we also want uh, the consumers in these third countries to have access to these products. They are ready to buy European products, but of course it's very important that they know that what they buy is legitimate, that they know that what they buy is actually the real thing. And this is also key uh, in terms of safety, consumer safety and, and protection. So, so, so uh, perhaps an overlooked aspect of, of intellectual property rights is their importance for combating counterfeiting. Can I just make, Luisa, a link between the discussion we're having on EU trade policy and why it matters and the EU's industrial policy? Because in its white paper of 2020, the European Commission stated that, and I'm quoting, the EU also needs to ensure that its IP policy helps to uphold and strengthen Europe's technical sovereignty and promote a global level playing field. And adding, really underlining how important IP was for the reasons you've stated, how do you see the link between 
the EU's industrial policy and its trade policy. Do we have joined up thinking here and how do we make sure that the one reinforces and doesn't contradict the other? Well, the motto of our trade policy now is uh, open strategic autonomy. Um, so on one end, it's very clear that we need to remain an open market um, and we need to be able also to attract more investments from European companies, but also from uh, companies in, in certain markets. And IP protection is, is key. Uh, we need to ensure that these investments are in high value added uh, goods and services. But it's also very important when we talk about exports. We know that uh, our competitiveness is also based on this ability of the EU to export to third markets. If we want to make Europe more resilient, uh, we want to make sure that companies that produce in Europe are also able to access these third markets. In many cases, these are the markets that are growing right now. And if we don't create the conditions to serve these markets from Europe, of course, uh, companies will, will have the tendency to delocalize. So this is an important aspect. The second one is, of course, the question of the level playing field. We need to ensure that when our companies are investing and producing, that their uh, interests and their uh, rights are safeguarded, both in Europe, uh, but also in, in certain markets. And here, um, the trade policy can help as well. For instance, when it comes to the European market, we have trade defense instruments to ensure that we are safeguarded from anti-dumping, for instance. But when we are looking at third markets, we are looking at making sure, for instance, that in our trade agreements, we have strong equity provisions, but we also have provisions when it comes to competition or uh, state subsidies and distortive subsidies. So this is the other aspect that has to do with promoting also better rules uh, that ensure that uh, uh, our competitiveness and a level playing field are respected. I, I mean, it's interesting because, as you say, you're underlining there some of the other issues that need to be addressed. But if you like, it, it's been seen uh, until now that IPR is, is the poor cousin, if you like, that it has been relatively neglected, except in some very specific areas like geographical indicators saying where a product comes from. Uh, quite a lot of intense negotiation on that. But when it comes to patents, when it comes to trademarks, a lot less attention. Uh, what would you say to policymakers, to trade negotiators, uh, to convince them that they need to put this issue front and centre uh, and what they need to do in order to make sure that that robust regime you're talking about uh, is in place in these FTAs? I think the, the study that uh, ESIP uh, just made is, is a good example of how we can, as, as business also, convince politicians and the negotiators of the importance of IP, not just for the geographical indications, but also for patents, but also copyright, um, because that's very important. I mean, we, we are very creative in Europe. Uh, we have a lot of authors as well. So it's not just the, the, the patent aspect, there's also other aspects that are, are extremely important for our creative industries. And this study proves it. I think what we need to, to make sure is that people understand the link between strong IP provisions when it comes, for instance, patents and investments. 
and and this is key. Uh, you need companies uh, to invest. They need a legal and sound framework, but they also need to make sure that they get the reward for uh, their investments. And of course, this, if there is no protection of intellectual property, then uh, there is always a risk that the investment will not will not be rewarding, will not pay off in the medium to long term. And this, of course, it's not uh, an element to attract investments in high value added sectors, because I think this is what we want if we want Europe to become more competitive and, and more resilient as well. You're talking there about some of the advantages of IP rights and why they are so important uh, to foster the investment we need in innovation uh, to ensure that Europe can indeed be a leader in markets in innovation. But in terms of the benefits for individual countries, I mean, one of the reasons perhaps that the EU doesn't put so much emphasis on this in trade negotiations is the member states don't demand it. Do you think more needs to be done to help member states understand what's in it for them, what's in it for specific sectors of industry? Absolutely. And, uh, and I think the, the, the study that uh, Isai did is, is a very good example of that. Um, you would think that, uh, for instance, a country like Greece uh, would benefit mostly when it comes to IP from geographical indications. Actually, it benefits very much from patents as well. So you have sometimes these misperceptions uh, in some of the uh, European member states about how much uh, high-P and high-P-intensive industries are contributing to the economy and to the jobs in the country. So I think it's also part uh, of the process that we as industry need to, to do is to raise more awareness about the impact at national but also regional level of uh, some of the aspects of IP and some of the sectors where IP is extremely important and go beyond this idea that IP is only in uh, one or two sectors. And I have to bring as well the services sector because people always think about goods. The services is also an area where you have uh, very important, where IP is extremely important. Just think about software um, that is so much used these days for a number of uh, projects and a number of areas uh, in our society. Data is flowing and therefore also this um, means that we have to protect the IP that is behind uh, the development of these of these projects and these and this software. One other concern I think, Luisa, that some people had will be to say, okay, it's clear, and the study makes it very clear that stronger intellectual property provisions would be good for the European Union, would be good for individual EU countries, uh, but some concern would they be good? For the rest of the world? Would they be good for the EU's trading partners and particularly developing countries? Uh, how do you answer those concerns of people who say, well, strategic autonomy, all very well for Europe, but we also have a moral uh, and uh, obligation to, to help our partner countries uh, and this would run against that? Well, this is a very sensitive topic, as we all know, because many developing countries uh, and poor countries think of IP as a way of the Western uh, and the developed countries to maintain uh, an advantage, a competitive advantage 
and sometimes even preventing developing countries to progress. And, the, and this is a wrong idea. I think it is important to show that having strong intellectual property provisions, it's very important for the developed uh, countries, but also for the developing countries. They want, everyone wants to uh, attract more innovative industries, industries that bring more value added to the country, that bring more jobs and better paid jobs to the country. And therefore, this is extremely important to attract that investment. In the long term, uh, if you really want to develop uh, your industry, your services, and of course, your um, GDP, you need to be able to attract these very innovative industries and therefore you need to have IP because otherwise it will be very difficult to convince companies to, to invest, even local companies. Uh, so I think this is, we need to, to, to let them understand that this is part of their own process of development and becoming more uh, competitive economies. So uh, very clear that a lot more communication needed both to EU governments, uh, to our trading partners of why this issue matters so much for everyone and that everyone can gain from it. Luisa, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Over the next few months, we'll be unpacking the findings of this eSight study through a series of activities that will include events, podcasts like this one, and blogs that will allow a range of experts to share their views. We'll be focusing on several exciting topics, including, among others, the European Green Deal, pharmaceutical innovation, biotech and healthcare, counterfeit products. Again, we'll tackle that on in future sessions. The importance of IP for the EU's small and medium-sized enterprises, how IP can combat biodiversity loss, and why it is vital for the EU's services sectors as well. We invite you to join the discussion on social media using the hashtag IP in EU FTAs and to follow our trade and IP webpage at eSight.org for all future updates. Goodbye.